Hi, everyone. Welcome to the MBA Insider Podcast. I am your host, Al D, and the author of MBA Insider. This podcast is for career-driven professionals looking for advice on how to grow their careers by leveraging the skills, experiences, and knowledge gained from an MBA degree. In each episode, I'll give you a look into the business school experience, along with practical tips, career advice, and real-life stories to help professionals grow their careers. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the MBA Insider Podcast. I'm Al D, uh, your host, and I am excited today because I have a friend of mine and former, uh, I guess, colleague of mine, Giovanna Youssef, with me. Uh, Giovanna is an MBA graduate of UCLA Anderson, uh, and uh, today uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Giovanna's uh, career, um, her time at Anderson, as well as um, working in tech. And Giovanna's had a couple roles now um, in various uh, 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 product marketing and product management roles, which are very popular fields amongst MBA students. And so I'm excited to have Giovanna here. So Giovanna, thank you so much for joining. I guess before we get into some of the nitty gritty, um, I always like to throw a warm, warm up question to folks. And so my warm up question to you is uh, when you were, you were a kid, what did you want to be like when you, when you looked and you were growing up, like, what did you, what did you want to be one day? Well, first, thank you so much for having me. Um, so growing up, I knew that I did not want to be a lawyer, doctor, engineer, which is what immigrant parents yes. usually try to steer yes. their kids to do. Um, but I always like thought it would be super badass to be like a businesswoman. Cause I just saw, I was like a woman in a suit, like, cool. Like that was like CEO, like businesswoman, super, super cool. Um, and, and like solving problems. And then I also wanted to work in, um, I just wanted to be like a fashion designer. It's interesting because my, where I'm at today is like at the intersection of retail tech and business. So it's sort of manifested in, you know, its own way today. That's awesome. Okay. Uh, so maybe just to start, you know, why did you go to, why did you decide to get a, an MBA in the first place and, and, you know, end up at, uh, end up at Anderson? Yeah. So I was at Deloitte for four years and I was just, um, I was ready to make a full career change and just really felt like I had kind of given it my all for four years and was ready for a full reset. Um, and I just talked to, um, people I knew that had went to business school and, um, I just saw how like they were able to, take that time to reflect, um, kind of explore different roles and opportunities, and then, you know, land often like their, their dream job. Um, so for me, that was really the impetus. I was, I was ready to just transition. Um, and I had also applied to some jobs at the time that I just like didn't get. And I was like, okay, like I need, you know, I like need some coaching. I need to, and I, I knew business school would be like a great opportunity for that as well. Um, so yeah, I was really just looking to pivot. I chose Anderson because, um, I mean, I'm originally from LA, but I, I wanted the access and proximity to the Bay Area as well as um, as well as LA, just from like a job perspective. Um, I, I did want to stay in California, like coming coming out of school, and I thought I just like picking business schools. They always tell you like you know business schools are so different they attract different types of people different types of talent i felt like very at home at anderson i like liked it's so collaborative and um i just i liked that vibe it didn't feel like super cutthroat um or anything like that and i like have made some made some really amazing friends and landed some pretty cool jobs so worked out yeah i would definitely say it worked out and so um (laughs) 
one of the things, um, uh, so you mentioned that you had applied to some jobs before business school that maybe didn't pan out. And then obviously, you know, in business school, you were able to kind of make uh, a transition um, into a new role. And so I'm just curious, um, you know, what did you decide to do, you know, uh, in business school? You know, I think it's product management didn't mean to leave the witness, but uh, it's kind of what it is. But, um, you know, what in particular kind of drove you to that? And what do you think helped you in, or in business school helped you to make that transition that maybe you didn't have um, when you were applying to those roles, you know, prior to business school? Yeah. So I think, I mean, I kind of discovered product management a little bit before business school. Um, and it was in just what now feels like a totally random way, but like it was meant to be. Um, I was like cruising around the Deloitte office and I came across um, it was, we had just acquired Ubermind, which was like a digital strategy company, I'm sure you remember. Um, and it was like basically their portfolio of work. It was like apps they had designed. And I was just like, I just thought it was so cool. I remember thinking like, I'm just so naturally curious about new technology. I have like literally over 400 apps on my phone. Um, and I was like, Oh, this is, this is like a job. Like you could, you, you know, I, I didn't know much about it. So, um, I, I knew like, I actually, one of my coworkers at the time had um, this idea for an app and then asked me, and I at the time was like, hey, I'm interested in product. Like I will work for you for free and like manage an engineering team in India um, just so I can get my feet wet. And then I kind of realized like I loved the intersection of like tech design and, um, and business um, just through that experience. Um, so that's also what kind of inspired the return to Anderson. Cause I felt like to get a job at like one of these like top tech companies, like that would be a good path to do that. Um, so, and then while at Anderson, um, you know, obviously you've got companies coming and doing company presentations all the time. Um, so I had like access to, to some of these companies and, and like, and recruiters and things like that. Um, and then just, I think that with business school, like the cross-functional collaboration, um, really sets you up for a role like product where you're working so cross-functionally um, and like having to prioritize and be organized and ramp up on things quickly. Um, you have to do that in business school and in product. So I felt like it, it set me up. Um, it kind of set me up well for that transition for sure. No, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I, I definitely agree with you on the cross-functional nature of both what it takes for the role of being a PM, but also just for the type of experience you get in business school. Um, you know, I'm on the product marketing side and I feel it there, but, you know, certainly product marketers and product managers, you know, work very similarly in that respect. And I do think that business school really does set you up well um, for that, just through the exposure to the different, you know, functions and courses and, uh, and all the, obviously all the cross-functional projects and other types of things. So I think that's, I think that makes a ton of sense. And I guess maybe on that notion, um, you know, what are some, you know, product management, I think, you know, when I talk to MBA students, like it is definitely something that is uh, really interesting and exciting to a lot of them, perhaps even maybe more so than when you and I were in school, which was not that long ago, but um, (laughs) you know, tech has definitely gotten a lot more popular since then. So, you know, outside of what you said in terms of the cross-functional nature, I'm just curious, you know, what else should MBA students know or should they, you know, should they know about product management if they're, if they're interested in it? You know, I particularly think about things like, you know, some people have tech backgrounds, some people don't, um, you know, but like what are some of the other things that they should really think about or know um, if they might be interested in this field? Yeah. 
I think you hit the nail on the head with the like, um, I think being technical or not, I think the, the thing I always tell um, people that are interested is like, you don't have to be technical in a lot of, um, for a lot of product roles, but you do have to be curious and you have to be a self-starter. And I say that because like, I wasn't a technical PM, but in my time at Apple, like I had to uh, familiarize myself enough with technical concepts to have well-informed and productive conversations with engineers. And that meant like me having to do that research myself or me like asking some of my engineering partners to explain things to me and, and walk me through things. So you, you just, you don't have to be technical, but like you have to be willing to do the work to at least be technical enough um, and educate yourself. I think the other things to know, to, to think about as you're thinking about product are like, there are different types of PMs. Um, there are design focused PMs, there are business focused PMs, and there are like more technical focused PMs. And I think like, it's good to understand which one you might be or which one you would like to be, and then develop those skills. Like you, you're not going to be an expert at all of those things. I think I generally skewed a little bit more like business slash design um, focused from a, a product manager perspective. Um, but it's good to be able to, to you know, you feel pretty good about your skill set in at least one of those areas. Um, the other thing I would say is like, as a PM, like you are often an orchestra conductor is like the analogy I use. Like you, the you know it's it's like a very common thing to hear that um, PMs, um, you know, like kind of like lead through influence versus having like a lot of. Um, like the, the, the decision-making power, you're, you're really trying to influence a ton of people that, you know, don't report to you, but you're sort of, again, like they're part of your orchestra that you're trying to like have work in harmony. Um, so you have to kind of be okay with, with that and like leading a team of cross-functional partners who might have, um, there might be differences in their, in, in what they're trying to accomplish individually as teams. And you have to kind of get everyone marching towards a common vision. So like, you know, ask yourself if that's something that you enjoy doing or you're comfortable with. Um, but I think, you know, it's actually really, it's, it's a hard, it's a hard function. <laughs> so I like definitely would never, like would never want to sugarcoat it. Um, it's, it's really hard. It can be vague and kind of ambiguous and you're responsible for a lot of folks and bringing things to life. Um, but I also think it's super fun and, and really, really rewarding. Um, the one last thing I would add is that you, uh, as you're thinking about roles in, in PM, um, you should be interviewing companies as much as companies are interviewing you because product is so radically different at, at, at different companies. Um, different companies do product different and different companies in different stages do product different. So if you're at a five person startup, pre-product market fit, you're like painting the vision of the founder. And then there's like product when you're in product market fit. And that's, um, you know, that, that's different. You're trying to double down on what you figured out has worked. And then there's product at a company that's scaling or like in hyper growth and product is very different then. Um, so I would really take that into consideration when you're not only do you want to be a product manager and you're interested in the role, but like, where do you want to be a product manager and at what stage of a company makes the most sense for you? Yeah, there's a lot of really great stuff in there that you said. So I want to dissect a couple of things. So it's I'm I'm really glad you brought up the orchestra and uh, or, or um, conductor analogy. Uh, it's really interesting because I want to say maybe a couple years ago there is this kind of narrative, uh, and it was spawned I think by maybe like a Medium article about how like product managers are the mini CEOs 
right? And, and I think what ended up happening, I don't know if this was intended, but as like an outgrowth of that was that the narrative around that was that product managers took all of the like sexy things that a CEO does and that's what they were. Um, and well, like the key decision makers, right? Exactly. That's and then, and, right, exactly. And, and, and from my experience working with the product managers that I work with, they would be the first to tell you that that absolutely is not true. Um, yeah. and so, um, and there might, and I think there is some, I, I, I think when, as I think back to it, I understand what they were trying to say, but to your point, um, you know, as a product manager, a lot of times, like you don't, you know, you don't own the engineering team, like you don't own the design team. Um, right. you know, it's your, it's your, but it's your job to bring them together. Uh, and to help mark or help lead them in the dire- in a direction that you believe uh, need need they need to go in based off of you know the inputs they give you or or a bunch of disparate inputs that you you collectively bring together uh, to to work towards something right and so I absolutely think you're right in terms of the notion of uh, being able to influence and and to lead when you don't necessarily have the the the, the like authority to like to do so and yeah. that is a very challenging. Um, but rewarding, uh, I think, you know, yeah. experience or opportunity. And it's one of those things that you just like, you get better at with experience. Sure. sure. I've sure. learned that like one of the best ways to get people like um, aligned on a vision or bought in is through, um, I think people need context. Um, and I yes. think it's not, <laughs> it's not like, uh, it's not a, it's not a default for um, for leaders to provide contact, context, I think, but like my favorite and uh, my favorite leaders that I've been the most inspired by are ones who will provide context to whoever you are at whatever level you are. And so like, I will sit with cross-functional teams that like, you know, maybe aren't used to having all the context, but explain like why this is important, why this is a key um, focus for the business or like why we're making a pivot all of a sudden and things like that. And I think people do their best work when like, they have a little bit of context and understand the why behind what they're doing. No, I think, I think that you're absolutely right. And I also think that one of the things that you zeroed in on or something that I see both as a product marketer, but also from the best product managers that I, I work with is that um, when you work with that many stakeholders who, you know, have their own, you know, metrics or the own things that they care about or their, their own context, if you will, um, you, you almost have to, be a chameleon in the sense that you have to kind of maybe you don't get there a hundred percent, but you have to get there a little bit. And that is to what the point you were making about, yeah, you don't need to be a technical PM, but if one of your stakeholders is an engineering team, you got to understand the things that they care about, the things that they're metriced on, uh, the things that make them tick and at least speak a little bit of their language. Um, if you want to get their support, if you want to get their buy-in, if you want to get their uh, cre- credibility really. Um, and yeah. So that's where something like curiosity comes into play, as you mentioned, where like, if you don't know it, you get, I mean, you got it. That's where you can go and learn it. Right. And like pick that up. And there's also like a little bit of empathy to it too. Like, sure. yeah. Um, I think sometimes engineering goals could be at odds with design goals, which could be at odds with business goals. Actually, that's like super common. That yes, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, and you just have to like, to your point about being a chameleon, like you have to be able to empathize with all of these different groups. I think where you can kind of be like a therapist sometimes as a product manager. Sure, yeah. Um, you have to be able to empathize with the different teams while also like not being crippled by some of the tension that can naturally arise when you have different um, different goals across different teams. Um, so being empathetic, but like 
moving, being strong and being able to move things forward is, is really important too. One other thing that you said, and I think it, it's important to note. Um, so you mentioned how there's different types of product managers for, you know, different, you know, different, you know, growth stages of companies, as well as, you know, perhaps maybe um, the type of role that they need to play. Did you know kind of the type of PM you were when you were in business school, or was that something you just found out just naturally as a result of where you ended up like interning and where you ended up going like full time? Or was that something that you like figured out when you were in school? Yeah, good question. I, um, I'd like, I think I figured it out a little bit like while I was in school because I asked, you know, as I was like started to research the product management function a little bit more and was like in my career prep and all of that, um, I realized like what I was most fascinated by and what I really enjoyed and that when I downloaded a new app was like, um, you know, one, why did they decide to incorporate these features or not? So I'd kind of think about that from a business lens, but then also like I, um, I love UX design and um, I just naturally think about the way that I move through experiences. And like, I think I notice friction in experiences like pretty quickly and things like that. And like, I'm always thinking, it doesn't matter what app I'm in, I'm always like thinking about how it could be better um, or, or if it's really great, like why it's so great. Um, so I just found myself like naturally drawn to that. And I also just like took a few, I went to and did a few like workshops at general assembly while I was in business school, which I highly recommend as a resource for people interested in product. If you don't have like um, a lot of access to product education um, on, on your um, business school campus. Um, But like I did a visual design class and I was like, Oh, visual design. Like I appreciate visual design, but I don't think that that's like what's most interesting to me. Um, But I loved UX design. So kind of discovered that through researching the function and then just seeing what I like naturally gravitated towards. Um, And it was great because I ended up at Apple, which has like a very, it has a very very high design standard. So I feel like I was, surrounded with like um, surrounded by some like really brilliant design minds um, and engineering minds um, and so um, they also I, I learned a lot there just through osmosis and, and watching and learning from, from my like team members yeah no it's in and I, I love how you tied that in and I'd love to drill in in your Apple experience but the one thing I was just also going to add was that one of the things I talk about from a product marketing side but also it's true I think for product management is that um, uh, a lot of times uh the company DNA or the founder and, and who they are heavily influences uh, the either what gets prioritized or the critical capabilities or competencies of the organization. And so like, as an example, a very simple example, you know, the founders of Google were very technically and product minded. And so from a, in that, in that company, I would say, um, if you look at the, uh, if you look at who does the product launches and product announcements, you tend to find uh, it's product managers who are who are doing them, and um, and from a particularly um, from the lens of uh, 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 what I tell product marketers there is like, look, like you'll like you can be a great product marketer there, um, but just understand that like at Google, um, the product managers are the ones who are going to probably be dictating a lot of like what gets done or um, what gets prioritized. Whereas there's other companies where. Um, say the founder is a marketer or um, yeah. is someone else, like it's going to be marketing. But, you know, as I think about a company like Apple and just given Steve Jobs's Pence, um, just uh, ability and eye and innate talent for design, like that to me screams like, um, you know, that as being like a really important capability or competency. And so I'm thinking in the lens of like, 
if I'm you or if someone who's interested in working there, I feel like that is definitely something that um, if you're on the outside looking in to be mindful of and to be think about, but also when you're there and maybe you can maybe speak to this a little bit of just, you know, what's really important and like, what's like critical to being able to do your job and to do it well. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head and I hadn't really thought about it in that way about like the way it totally just like ladders up to the leader. Yeah. Um, but now that you say that, I'm like, I see, like, see that through like other, other roles and jobs I've had too. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, I, being at a company like, um, like Apple where design was like such a focus, I couldn't afford to like not be a part of that conversation. Yes. Um, so to your point earlier about like credibility and I, it's like, it's like credibility, but it's also like building trust with your teams, but mm-hmm. also being really respectful of their skill set. So I think like I kind yeah. of navigated that by like being very like mindful and thoughtful about like the feedback that I gave and in what way and things like that. Um, while also just making sure that I was again, like doing my homework on the side so that I can understand and like speak their language, but definitely felt that from a design perspective at Apple. Yeah. And on that notion, so uh, could you talk about, you know, being a PM there, what that was like, or maybe like a, a highlight or two of, of your experience when you worked there? I had such an amazing time there. I worked with some really incredible people. Um, so working as a PM at Apple, um, I think this is, this is probably more Apple specific, but I will say that like um, the pace uh, at which you ship product is also another thing that I actually encourage people to ask about when, when they're trying to figure out where um, they might want to do product. Um, Apple was a little bit slower and more methodical and thoughtful because every time you shipped something, um, it was in you know over 30 countries and it shipped in over 20 languages, which is so different than like having like kind of one customer segment in the United States that you're like building product for. Um, so there was just such a, it was very, every, it was high stakes, which translates translation like stressful and a lot of pressure. <laughs> um, so that was, you know, that was my experience, but I, um, it was very, very cross-functional and collaborative because it didn't stop at just like engineering and design, but like making sure all of our, um, the customer support teams can support, um, the support, the launch, uh, retail associates, um, and things like that. Um, thinking feel like it's a, a couple highlights. Um, one is I got to work on redesigning the search. So while I was Apple, I worked on the Apple store app, which is the e-commerce app for Apple. Um, and we had one project where we redesigned the entire search experience. We integrated like core machine learning and like, and it made search more personalized. Um, it's a highlight for me because it kind of about like, you know, what I mentioned earlier was like, I didn't know anything about machine learning when I like took on this project, but I like couldn't just walk into a room and say that I didn't know anything about machine learning. I was like, I can totally do this. I had to do a ton of research myself. And then like spend a lot of times with my, and spend a lot of time with like my like engineering team learning all about the way that like machine learning models work and things like that. And our data science team. So it was this, and, and it was, um, it was one of just like the smoothest launches that we were all really, really proud of search hadn't worked very well in the app for a long time. Um, so that was like definitely a highlight. And then we, actually had like one of the biggest launches um in like the app's history while I was there and it was just like this massive cross-functional effort um and yeah we're like super proud of that and we all like 
very much celebrated that launch. Um, but yeah, I had an amazing team there and great experience. Yeah, I mean, it's to be able to say objectively from the outside and be able to say you worked on something like that at a company like Apple, that's like a pretty cool career defining moment, um, or at least the experience to have. And so now, as you mentioned in the uh, opening, you kind of work at the intersection now of fashion, retail, and tech. And so uh, we'd love to maybe hear a little bit more about what you're doing now and, and how it still has elements of product management, but it's also got some other elements of, of product marketing and what that experience has been like. Yeah. Um, I'm like, I love, love, love my new role. Um, I feel like it took so much of what I love about product and then introduced me to some new things, um, that I realized I like really, really love and enjoy. Um, so in my role today, um, we do a lot of traditional product marketing work, um, as well as customer strategy. Um, so we really act as the voice of the customer. We conduct, like conduct a ton of customer research and we use customer research to inform a lot of and, and insights to inform a lot of the decisions that we make and a lot of um, how we approach not just like product decisions, but business decisions. Um, and I've just like really realized the importance and value of um, like in-depth customer research and insights. Um, it wasn't actually something we did a lot of at Apple because Apple's so secretive. So that was, it was a very interesting dynamic going somewhere where I'm like, I can just like talk to customers and show them new features and, you know, get their feedback, which was not something I was really able to do at Apple. So radical change there. Um, but still like a lot of the same, um, a lot of leveraging, like a lot of the same skills that I learned in product. Like I think there's a lot of cross-functional collaborators, uh, a lot of cross-functional collaboration with um, new collaborators that I previously hadn't worked as closely with. Um, and still getting people excited about bringing something to life and still having to influence without, you know, being like the sole decision maker. Um, so I felt like my skills are definitely transferable there, but I get to be, I feel like I get to be a little bit more creative in this product marketing role. Um, so, and I'm at a much smaller company, so moving a lot faster and making decisions a lot faster. So, um, definitely a big shift, but something like really, really enjoying and I'm just curious, um, was that like that shift in terms of going from a big company like Apple to, you know, something a little bit more nimble and agile, was that something you were actively looking for or, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I was, um, I was just ready to, to, to be somewhere that like moved a little bit and to try somewhere that like moved a little bit faster, um, and was just smaller and was just doing something a little bit more innovative and different. Um, so we kind of talked about like the different stages of companies. I wanted to sure. experience like a different stage. Um, Apple is like obviously in very much like scale um, and, and you're, you're really trying to maintain levels of growth and things like that. Um, whereas this, like we're, you know, I think you're finding product market fit while also trying to like double down on products that are working and then also, you know, introduce new products. So a um, lot of opportunity to like, be creative and be a self-starter, be entrepreneurial, which is, I was kind of pretty intentional um, about that as a next step. Yeah. And, you know, almost thinking honestly, like a product manager, um, you know, it's, I think it's a lot about what problems do you want to solve? Right. And okay. like, you know, the problems that you were solving at Apple are just a little bit different than what the problems that you want to solve right now in your current role. And, um, you know, perhaps require either using a different set of skills or, or just using skills you have, or perhaps in just a, a different way. Right. Yeah. 
I always tell people too, kind of back to, you know, the, the question about like, you know, what people, sh what, maybe what questions people should be asking or what should they should be thinking about? Like, I think you should also ask yourself, like, do you want to do product? Um, do you want to optimize an existing product or do you want to like launch new products? Cause that's very different. Like you could do product management for Photoshop at Adobe. Um, and that product's been around for like many, many years. There's still lots of opportunities to optimize and improve it, but that's very different than building something from scratch. Um, so another huge consideration for, uh, when deciding where you might want to do product. No, totally. And it's a, it's funny you bring that up because I was literally just having this conversation with a new, a new MBA hire uh, the other day and, uh, within the context of, of product marketing, but it still is the same thing. And, um, you know, I think that the conversation we we're having was how it was great for the first product marketing job out of business school that they were on a, a very mature product with a very big team. Um, they had a small defined scope, but as a career switcher, they felt that was a really good first kind of dipping your feet into the water, so to speak, because it's very clear. You have plenty of people who know, you know what you're doing. So if you have a question, you have someone to go to, you can get kind of the advice. It's like very clear. Uh, but they were saying that how, you know, um, perhaps maybe at some point they might want to go to either um, a startup where you, uh, it's a different set of problems, right? And it's definitely not that structure. And you don't necessarily have a team of 20 other product marketers who can help you or to go to another team within a bigger company where that is a newer product, or perhaps like they don't have a product marketer yet and you are the first one. And so there's just different, there's different ways to kind of uh, do it. Whereas there, there might also be some MBAs who are like, you know what? Like, I just want to jump right into the deep end, like throw, like, yeah. <laughs> I, like I thrive in like, I, I, I learn best when I just get thrown into the deep end and like have to figure it out. So like, give me the, give me the startup because um, like, if I go to a big company, like I'm just going to get bored or like, I don't want a small feature. Like I want like a product or thing. Totally. Um, cool. So the other thing I was going to say, um, when you talk, m mentioned the customer insights piece, I was reminded about like that, you know, like famous, like Steve Jobs quote, and I'm like butchering it, but um, it's basically the notion of um, uh, like he was saying how like pe people say like give customers what they want. And that wasn't his approach. And his approach is to figure out uh, what they're going to want before they want it. Right. And he kind of gives the analogy of like Henry Ford, who's yeah. Henry Ford's famous quote is like, if I ever asked the customers what they wanted, they would have told me they wanted a faster horse and obviously gave them the car. And so, and that was like, you know, part of the beauty of Steve Jobs is because no one could have envisioned that an iPod, right? Like that was, like, no one could have, that would have probably not come out in like a voice of the customer survey, right? but he like made it. Um, but it sounds like you're in a role now where, and granted, you know, customer analytics is a lot more advanced today than it was like, you know, seven years ago, but um, you know, being able to do things like customer cent, like true customer centric research and customer centric product development, where you can you can um, uh, 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 take insights and, and build products off of that, but also you can do things like agile and you know test testing and experimentation and refinement, yeah. um, like that. Like you can make you can build things that they want and use. But um, as you were describing what you were doing, I was reminded by that quote from Steve. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I always say like, if a customer is explicitly asking for something, they needed it like months ago. Yeah. That's um, you know, so yeah. that's, that's kind of like one way I think about it. And then also like, um, you like never build the feature that 
the customer asks you for, um, or or like in the way that they ask for, like like you have to. Customers are going to tell you they want features, but like I think your job as a product marketer or product manager is to like understand the need behind that feature request or whatever yeah. it is asking for, and then. So you're going to translate the ask into a need, and then you're going to think about how you're going to solve that need, right? Like if we just did whatever our customers told us to do, you know, who knows what like our products would look like, right? You have to be able to take those, you have to take customer feedback and translate it into insights. Um, it's kind of how I feel about data too. Like we totally. should be data and insights informed and then layer on like strategy and, yeah. and like creative thinking. Um, to, to come up with the best solution. So it's definitely a balance and it's like a, yeah, it's a delicate line for sure. And I, I agree with you that the asking for insights or operate, putting the mechanism in place to get the insights, that's easy. The hard part is sorting the signal from the noise and being yeah. able to, to translate. And then um, to your point, to contextualize for, the, for that to all of your stakeholders, uh, to let them know why we need to do X, Y, or Z. Right? Right. And and to me, I think that's um, when done right, that's where MBAs really can add value if they can have like kind of the, like, cause the, the skills that make up that, right. In terms of empathy, in terms of um, uh, in like being able to not only gen- generate the insights, but make sense of it. And then to be able to use the influence skills to get people on board to be like, all right, like, here's Absolutely. what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. Yeah, like the best insights to me are ones that like people feel like moved to action, like your yes. stakeholders and, and people, um, you know, that you're trying to convince us something. And so I actually think that um, research and data translation into really strong, like actionable insights is so, so important. And it's, it's a skill. It's something that I'm still like working on and developing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and on that notion, is there anything you class-wise you took at Anderson that you felt was... I mean, maybe it wasn't like gave you the skill right away, but like directionally, like are the types of things that would be helpful to someone interested in product management, you know, related to things like data or empathy or like what um, any of the skills that we kind of talked about? Yeah, good question. Um, So I actually went a little bit of a radical route that I'm not sure I would I definitely wouldn't recommend it to an MBA student in their first quarter, which is what I did, but I didn't, um, I, there wasn't like any, uh, a product management focused class that I was even able to take in the first year because, you know, you're taking a bunch of like yep. required courses. Yep. So I ended up signing up for like a 10 week general assembly product marketing course that I did at night, like my first fall quarter in business school. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a great supplement. I think it helped to show that I was like serious about product management. Um, so I did that, which was absolutely nuts. Like taking another course outside of school for a first quarter is kind of crazy. Um, but I think I said, I feel like marketing was helpful because you have to think about things from a customer perspective. Um, thinking about how like you want to message and position products just forces you to be a little bit more thoughtful about, you know, what it is you're trying to market, which I think is like a very helpful skill for, for product management. Um, and then I think like I did learn a lot just through our career, um, career classes. So we had, we had a lot of, we had like product management focused tracks and I was, um, I got to be like a product, um, tech career coach and career captain for, um, for first years when I was a second year. And that was a huge learning opportunity for me too. 
Um, so I say like anytime that you can like be teaching people, like you learn better through teaching others. Um, yes. Think, like that's a that's another great opportunity if you're looking to learn product. Think about how you can help yeah, teach people for sure. Um, so I want to switch gears for a second because um, we've talked a, a, a great and gotten great detail about product management. But you're so you're a couple years out of business school now, um, and so in in, in that time, um, you lived on both coasts. Um, you made a couple moves. Um, you've had a couple different jobs, and so I'm just curious. Could you talk a little bit about you know what the what life is actually like you know after business school? Um, you know what are some of the high points, maybe some of the low points, or you know. Um, what's it been like, you know, in terms of take, you know, having this transformative to your experience and then transition to a new career, you know, and the, the highs and lows that kind of come with that? Yeah. Um, that's a good question. I think the, uh, the highs definitely feel like a combination of like the, the um, career opportunities um, and just feeling it. I, I feel like it took me a little bit of time. Like I didn't feel like I, the day I got to Apple, I was like, oh, my, my grad school education totally fully equipped me for like day one. Um, Cause I don't think anything fully equips you for like day one on the job um, until you get there. But like years out, um, I've just like one in, in switching roles from product management to product marketing. Um, I think like business school taught me how to do that and how to do that like effectively and how to like put together a plan and do your research on companies and, and actually just like even finding a new job. Like I felt like that I ended up at this like amazing company that I'm super happy to be at, but like it was like that same level of like dedication and thoughtfulness that I took to get my first job that I was able to bring into my second job. And I think that was like definitely thanks to business school. Um, other highs just like, Honestly, on a personal level, getting to celebrate, you know, I have a lot of really great um, friends from business school that I'm still in contact with. Um, it's like, you know, like our network is all very strong. I've been in, you know, some of my friends' weddings. I've been to their weddings. And so, like, those are definitely some of the highs. Like, definitely still feel like that, you know, Anderson bond and is strong. And the other highs, I will say, except how this happened this week, but, like, I love helping other um, current students on their journey. And it's like, that's been super rewarding, I'd say over the past few, few years, being able to be a resource for current students. And like, um, I just heard from like one um, person that I was helping with, uh, I was helping with their on a career journey that like they got a job, you know, this week and she emailed me and I was like, super excited about that. Um, so those are definitely the highs. Lows, you know, not that much. I think it's like a little bit harder to stay in touch with people, especially like I've moved around a lot. I went from like LA to SF and now to New York um, and not getting able, not being able to like travel whenever I want, which is a huge business school. <laughs> for, yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. No, I think, I think all those are, are great ones. And one of the things I always tell people is that the career kind of search and career developments things that you do in business school, like they don't, they don't, that it, that's where it starts. It's not where it ends. And so, um, I'm, I don't know about you, but at least for me within two years of graduating business school, I would say at least half of my classmates had changed jobs or oh. were in like pro the process of changing jobs. And to your point, um, that what you learn in business school and that going through the internship, going through that full-time job search process, um, that, that goes with you. Uh, you need it again. Right. Um, yeah. you, and it goes with you forever. And that's, 
that is, you know, it's kind of like this notion of just having those skills for the rest of your career. Um, so I can definitely, uh, I definitely see the value in that uh, for sure. Um, the other thing I wanted to uh, talk to you about, ask you about, um, so um, you are a consortium fellow alum, um, just like me, which is like fantastic. Um, but because I know you, um, because um, we're friends and stuff, I know that, you know, particularly lately, um, you've been pretty active on your social media just in terms of um, speaking out against, you know, racial injustice um, and just some of the inequality that exists um, in the world, particularly by um, not only just black people, but other people of color in the United States. And um, because you're involved in consortium and um, I'm just, uh, and because you have an MBA, I'm just curious, you know, kind of like um, with this responsibility of having this education, right, this great education and, um, I'm just curious, like what, you know, what are your thoughts about the responsibility that, you know, MBAs have in terms of the role that they play in trying to help um, uh, right some of these wrongs that exist? Um, because um, it is a privilege to get an MBA, right? And yeah. yeah. Um, so I think overall, like, you know, you go to business school um, and you're like, as a business leader, like you are a problem solver. And I think like, who better to help solve some of these problems, right? Yeah. I think um, I think business leaders have a responsibility to like engage in, in the conversation and be a part of the solution. I truly just like fundamentally believe that um, business can be a force for good and it's the most powerful force in our society. And I think yeah. like businesses have to get involved in order for us to deal with the problems that are confronting us. Um, and I think like one example that I've come back to mm -hmm. in the past, I like referenced a lot in the past, like couple of months with everything going on is um, Ben and Jerry's like amazing ice cream company. Um, but I think they're just like this amazing um, example of business and social good coexisting. Um, and like they truly believe that business can be a force for good and they care about issues because they care about people. They care about their customers. They care about their employees they care about our country and they care about the planet and they take such a strong stand on everything from like racial injustice to um, climate change to immigration policies. They provide resources. And like, again, they're an ice cream company. Right. Um, and so I think like, like the challenge, like I think I challenge us as, 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 you know, business leaders and problem solvers and um, you know, like you, like, as much as you, as much effort as we put into problem solving in our jobs, um, all the thoughtfulness and research and commitment that like you brought to your MBA experience um, and finding your dream job and all of that, like I think you have to bring that level of thoughtfulness and research and commitment to and, and, and apply, like, you know, give brain space to these important topics. And um, I think like you have to bring that level of thoughtfulness to um, thinking about like how you want to address these issues. I think everyone is going to play different roles, but I don't think like it's enough to not play a role and like not be involved anymore. Um, I also kind of think like you have a responsibility to your classmates, right? And like your peers and things like that to um, speak out in support of them, to not be silent on things that are um, on, on these like really important matters. Um, so I absolutely think like we have a role and a responsibility to play and it's only going to become more and more important. Um, I think that's, you know, 
every everything from like two places you choose to work to like you know yeah. speaking up when you in in these rooms that you might find yourself in um I, I i definitely think we have a responsibility um and role to play and we should not try to take a back seat because i feel like again we're problem solvers yeah like, we can be a part of the solution yeah uh, I think that's well said, and I think that is a awesome place to uh, leave off for today. So, Giovanna, thank you so much uh, for joining and for sharing about your MBA experience, uh, talking shop on product management, and uh, inspiring the future leaders to uh, not be silent and to take action. Uh, I really appreciate you uh, you joining. Thank you so much for having me. Hi, everyone. LD here, and thank you so much for listening to the MBA Insider Podcast. If you liked what you heard, make sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and to write a review. It will only take 15 seconds. I'd also love to hear what you've been listening to on the podcast and any suggestions you have for how we can improve. Find me on LinkedIn or head over to mbaschooled.com backslash podcast.